Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 61 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Uh, problem, or I apologize for the uh, audio difficulties there, but we have made it uh, successfully to uh, non-echo broadcast. So I can't even blame that on you being late. I like know. I was ready to go, and you were late anyway, and neither one of it worked out. So I was. It's on me. Sorry, guys. Well, at the risk of sounding, uh, uh, I don't know, give us a like. This is probably not a good time to give Obviously us a like. We need it. <laughs> we definitely need it. Uh, please like and share this like video. That. Yeah, please like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. And uh, hopefully, the rest of the show will be uh, uh, more smooth than the first uh, three minutes here so far. But, Mr. Hughesong, thank you for joining us. Uh, how was your uh, weekend? My weekend was good. Uh, spent a lot of time slinging some ice cream, went nice. to some parties, spent a little time with the family. I actually had a family meal for the first time in a couple of months. Wow. That was, was nice. Yeah, I was slinging. Drinks at the uh, the venue there, so nice. uh, had a big full weekend. So I guess fun? both, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean it's hard to hard to not have fun when watching people drink for their, for for a living. So sure. that's what I do. That is fun. It is fun. Are you uh, excited for the Perseid meteor shower? It's peak week. Yep. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't have a clue what you're it's talking like about. It's like the uh, I don't know the uh, probably the most. Uh, frequent shooting star meteor shower that you can see so they probably come a few every couple minutes here so you can kind of look up if you get to the right you know if you get your lights dimmed uh, in the city wherever you're living or whatever you probably you might not have that issue i have a little bit of an issue here in the city but i do not um you can look up and basically see meteors so maybe grab the kids and uh, take them outside i like it does it start tonight it's been going on since um end of july but this is peak week got so it on goes, top of this it goes through august 18th i feel like hey we're looking for a family activity for tonight i think we might have just found it yeah and so this, and we have never covered this here, but these are one of the hypothesized meteor showers that uh, has presented problems for our planet in the past where uh, maybe we were going through this meteor shower tail and maybe we got something more than shooting stars in the past that maybe caused some problems on this planet. But that's a whole nother show. I'm a little confused, but I'm looking forward to I'm that just saying, So the meteor showers are tails of previous destroyed comets, right? So these comets okay. are circling. They've been somehow eradicated and now they're still zipping through space and they're just a tail of debris so at some point they were much bigger and at some point they collided with something something right so and things have collided with our planet in the past so just just ask this the is dinosaurs. just a this this uh meteor shower there's another one too in the uh, fall um they're just culprits or uh, sus uh suspects of uh being the uh cause of these massive uh, problems so so when you look up if one gets too close duck sure good instinct did you also know tomorrow would be we didn't get a chance to do it. there's i have no jeffrey epstein stories today but tomorrow marks the two-year anniversary of his quote-unquote death i still think he's dead i just don't think i think we was suicide he might be dead i mean i I'm know not, we're, we, we'll settle this. that one day but tomorrow is the two-year anniversary so oh you know it's a shame yeah all right what well say about that let's get into some of the uh well let's I don't know. I guess give a rundown. We're going to obviously jump into all things uh, Governor Cuomo, impeachment, resignation, investigation, uh, all of that good stuff at the end here and see how that all unfolds. Um, He's been in the news a little bit lately. Uh, a lot of it, yeah. Um, 
his uh, favorite mayor is also in the news. You see that he's uh, instituted some vaccine mandates down in the uh, the great city of New York. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. I know we're going to touch on natural immunity. <laughs> about time. Somebody's got to. Somebody I guess we'll do, do it. Um, I also want to talk about the uh, the super spreader events that have been going on, right? With the- Lollapalooza, Sturgis, With- Obama. <laughs> what? Super spreader. super spreader events. They're all being labeled super spreader events, Ben. I hate you. So we're going to talk about those a little bit, or not, or just, you know, how we'll touch far on they are. Them. Yeah, we'll touch on them. Not New York touch, but, you know, different. <laughs> um, also, your favorite your favorite crypto, well, my favorite crypto is uh, retouching 46,000 I saw today. Where are we at? 45.7, so a little dip here. It got up to 46.2 something. But a big bounce here for crypto, so uh, I'll check in on those prices. And the NFL is back, Mr. Hughesong. The Hall of Fame game last week, the uh, My Steelers, my, I say in quotes anymore because I don't really follow as much as I used to, but My Steelers and the uh, Cowboys played in the uh, Hall of Fame game, so I'm sh- I didn't watch a second of it, but I'm sure it was exhilarating for the people who were playing. Yeah, I'm glad and I'm people- happy for them. Did you see, uh, speaking of the NFL, did you see that there are uh, more and more players are joining the uh, Team Cole Beasley? I did not see that. Yeah, so that's uh, exciting. Yeah, the uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I did know that. Pretty, pretty uh, notable player here. Um, yeah, this is coming from an article uh, in the Hill. Uh, NFL tensions rise over vaccine rules. So there's. Uh, <laughs> listen to this. So the NFL basically clarified some of their positions, and they basically said that, that if a team has an outbreak that requires a game to be forfeited, and they can't find a suitable. Uh, rescheduling date for this game and can't make it happen that the team that caused the outbreak will be have to forfeit that get a loss in their uh in their record so it'll actually you know actually serve as a game played if you will and they'll get a loss for whoever's deemed to be the culprit in the outbreak but even more minute than that or minutian and within the read if you read the details of that it's not just when a team has an outbreak it's when an unvaccinated player has caused the outbreak so if a vaccinated player causes the outbreak there's no ramifications whatsoever makes total for any of the players for like there's there's literally rules in place for those who are unvaccinated and consequences for them spreading the virus as an unvaccinated Mm -hmm. player but none of that transfers over to the vaccinated players science yeah I mean, clearly it's a course of measure just to try to get these players to take it. Um, and I'm glad. I hope more and more players, uh, Derek Anderson, I don't remember him. He's quarterback. So he's come out and basically said it's bullshit. Um, so basically citing that exact point, basically saying that how are vaccinated players being excluded from, you know, a responsibility of spreading this, devi- right. this virus when we know that vaccinated people can spread this virus. Quick anecdote on Derek Anderson. I was at a uh, Buffalo Bills versus Cleveland Browns game a few mm. years back. Where, that sounds terrible, by the oh, way. Oh, buddy. It was like 80-mile-an-hour wins on top of it, so it was the funniest game I've ever seen. The Bills did lose this game. Derek Anderson, the winning quarterback, went 2-for-17 passing. It was like Ryan Lindell was the kicker for the Bills at the time. He tried to kick like a 35-yard field goal, I think it was, and it went out the sideline. That's how windy the game was. It was the worst football game I've ever seen in my entire life. And Derek Anderson, not your fault, man, but all the same. He won. It's not his fault. I mean, two for 17 on the victory. That was was a proud moment in Bill's history. But back to your point, I guess this is what doesn't make sense to me. All right, 
you want everybody to get vaccinated. I really still don't understand why. Initially, it was because we've got to fight this thing and we got to prevent the spread. Okay, but now even the CDC is acknowledging that the, that the vaccine has very little impact on your capacity for spreading it, especially with the Delta variant. Now, we can argue about how early on this data was obvious. I'm going to make the argument that even in the initial trials, it was pretty obvious that this was going to end up being the case. If you bothered to read anything beyond the headline or the words like, potentially maybe could possibly lead to a reduction in spread somewhat like yeah forgive me if i'm not like jumping on board with that type of resolve so either way we now know that it doesn't so this rule makes no sense on several levels of all right i get it you're just going for pr points you're the nfl it's what you do but people have some objectivity in this like why are we why are we coercing 30 year old professional athletes to get this vaccine like it has no impact on on the capacity to spread it and it has very little almost no impact on their susceptibility to getting very sick or dying i get it it's it's a reduce it's a reduction but if something's already a one in a million chance if you make it a one in two million chance like yeah it's twice as good but it already wasn't going to happen like I, that's what i'm i'm having a hard time with of of why yeah well i mean it's part of the propaganda for the vaccine did you see that canada's opening their border to vaccinated uh, americans hooray so i can you know, go up to I mean, I Canada. Can, but well, right. Well, shh. Sorry. Shh. I mean, yes, I can. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, you but, know, I, I, I'm the NFL. I still feel like is the sport of sports at this point in this country, um, in this country, for sure. And I'm not sure that it's on. It's probably on solid ground, but I'm not sure it's on as solid ground in that regard as it has been in the past. Um, no, they think, keep finding ways to screw. Right, it up. They keep screwing themselves for sure. It's amazing to watch. Um, I think that they're, I think the players in the NFL, especially the ones who are trying to push back on this, uh, on these requirements and mandates, are actually doing it for a greater good too, because I think the NFL platform is one of the largest, it's going to reach a lot of people who normally wouldn't be paying attention to necessarily COVID vaccination news. So I think it's going to open some eyes. I think it's going to at least open some discussion. Yeah. And hopefully that turns into opening of eyes, I guess. So I would like to see more information being disseminated, you know, across platforms and maybe the NFL can do that because they're being so draconian that they can actually uh, open up a a conversation to the other side. Yeah. And for the NFL's players association, the NFLPA, the fact that you agreed to this deal and you didn't obviously talk to enough of your members and get their opinion on it, but that aside, if you're not between the NFL and the NFLPA, if they're not offering T-cell testing, natural antibody testing, prior immunity, prior infection, and allowing these guys to at least be informed on if they already had it, if they have natural immunity, if they have acquired immunity, then you're not serious. You're, like, you're not, you're being not serious s- about the players' health, spread of COVID, right? right? I mean, you're, you're not, not clear serious. about health. You're, you're serious about something else. Right. You, you're just not – this is not a serious conversation because the natural immunity aspect is, is overwhelmingly obvious at this point. And it would be a relative, instead of paying to test these players once a week forever, why don't you just get them the, the test? It's available, it costs about 200 bucks, And you can find out. Because by all indications, if you have T-cell or B-cell immunity, every, every indicator is pointing in the direction of it is robust and it lasts a super long time. There's far greater data to support natural immunity long-term than there is to support the idea that vaccines supply long-term immunity. Like, it, it's, I'm sorry, vaccines might. I'm not ruling it out. But if you're looking at the, the two stockpiles of evidence, one for vaccine, one for natural immunity, 
the natural immunity, there's far more indicators indicating positive results than there is on the vaccine. So I don't know what the NFL is doing, but here's what I know. If your stated goal is, well, we just want to make sure the players are healthy and we want to stop them from spreading it, and you're not offering the the antibody test, the T-cell, B-cell immunity test, you're not actually serious about addressing the problem. You're basically like California fighting homelessness at this point. You, you don't want to solve it. You just want to figure out PR and money. All right. Forgive me if I don't want to play your stupid game anymore. Like, the, And forgive me for not being 100% behind this because you're not serious. Yeah. I, I mean, something's going to happen. You know, there's going to be an outbreak because of course. It's, a, it's a virus. <laughs> so I it'll be interesting to see if... like, So there's some, you know, I'll say brand name players... Uh, your boy Josh Allen, who is not disclosed. These are people who have not disclosed their status. A lot of quarterbacks, actually. Dak Prescott, another one who has not disclosed his uh, status. Um, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins says he was wrapping himself in plexiglass before he gets the vaccine. So, awesome. Yeah. So. You know, like he's a very slightly above average quarterback, but, man, that dude's funny. Like, yeah. The stuff no, that he comes out with is just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is this. When, let's say the data continues following the path that it's on right now, and we could talk a little bit about this, but the vaccine efficacy results out of Israel are not promising after about six months. And I get it, it's not like it goes to zero, but it's it's a bigger drop than anybody was anticipating, I shouldn't say anybody, than the pharmaceutical companies were claiming it would be. And Israel is already issuing booster shots. I think they've given away like 500,000 or something like that. Um, it's... So I would anticipate we're going to see that in America, too, of you're going to get to the point in six months after vaccination. What's 12 months after vaccination going to look like? Do you think it's going to plateau or do you think that this drop in efficacy will continue? So what if a player gets vaccinated but then doesn't want to get the booster shot? Which camp does he fall in then? Does he have is he mandated every time a new booster shot comes out? If he doesn't get it, he falls in line or he falls under the draconian policies of unvaccinated players. Like, you're setting yourself up for a very complicated problem. Yeah, right and now. how are they going to tell who spread it to who? They can't. It's, and that's the problem. It's especially when you know, and this is not me talking, this is the CDC with the Delta variant, the vaccinated are equally as likely to spread it as the unvaccinated. So you have the unvaccinated getting tested every day and the vaccinated getting tested every week. Who do you think is actually going to be responsible for the spread if you were playing odds? Yes, and I get it. The only claim now is, well, you're less likely to get very sick or die. But again, if I already have a one in a million chance and you make it into one out of one million five hundred thousand, be I, thankful. Yeah, like what do you want? Me, you want you want a parade? I, I don't understand what you want me to do for you here when it doesn't impact the spread. And let's just again play this out. All right, well, the Delta variant it doesn't. The first ones they said it did, and now this one it doesn't. The the as successive mutations come out, the vaccine is less effective against each. One, do we, again, expect that to stop and reverse? Because that would seem to be the opposite of what would be indicated, is that as more and more variants, as the virus continues to mutate further, it's going to continue to become less susceptible to vaccinated immunity. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so it's really, what did we do this for? What I mean, What are we doing? I, I genuinely am trying to figure this out of, like, this was completely predictable. This, this was, there's people ringing the alarm saying, don't do this. This is a very bad plan. You're not thinking this through. It's going to continue to do this. And I like, oh, it's spreading. It's mutating in the unvaccinated. I, again, maybe somebody smarter than me can explain this to me. Why would a, my, excuse me, why would a virus have to mutate in somebody who doesn't have any protection? Yeah, it doesn't. There's it no actually, need. It actually mutates when it's 
exposed to a force that is trying to eradicate it. That causes it right, to mutate. So That's what I like. It's the vaccinated we people causing the variants. We didn't see a single variant until the vaccines came out, yeah. even though people were, had natural immunity, had acquired immunity, and everything else. We didn't see a single variant. Then the vaccine trial started, and then people started getting vaccinated around the world, and then variants started popping up. It's a weird coincidence that we managed to go nine months without a single variant. And a coincidence that was uh, foreshadowed, if not predicted, by Dr. Geert van den Bosch, who we, have, we haven't talked about this whole aspect of this in any one of our shows, I believe, um, where he basically makes the exact assertion, has been making it for months, that, hey, we're releasing a uh, vaccine, a non-sterilizing vaccine, right? So mm-hmm. vaccine in quotes, I guess. Yeah. So something that doesn't, doesn't you know, you know, keep you from getting the virus. It just lessens the symptoms. So basically, it's people walking around with less symptoms spreading the device or the virus. So it's... Uh, it's the the asymptomatic people are now actually the vaccinated who are they've you know suppressed the symptoms but are still being able to transmit it. So they're going to make asymptomatic spread an actual thing. Yeah. And listen, we'll repeat his name. So I don't remember his name. Garrett Van, Van der Bosch. Bosch. Van der Bosch. This guy's not like a, an anti-vax guy. Oh, he's, he's a vaccinologist, right? It's like his entire career has been vaccines. Yeah. It's what he does. It's what he worked for Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He's worked for governments. He's done everything, done testing, done efficacy, all the things. Huge true believer in vaccines. And he came out, this was months ago, and was like, we're doing it wrong. You're doing the wrong thing. Like, I I know vaccines as well as anybody in the world. This is not going to go how you want it to go. This is going, this is not, you're predicting something that is not indicated by any of our past history with viruses, respiratory illness, or other, uh, other, sorry, word here, uh, other vaccines. Like, this is not going to eradicate it. You don't do this in the middle of a pandemic when it's this spread out. And his concern was it's going to force variants. Right. Here we are. Weird. Again, so this was completely predictable. It's weird that Dr. Fauci missed that because he is the smartest immunologist and virologist in the world, and hence why he's been the head of a government organization for 30 years. Did you see that Fauci's now uh, a proponent of uh, uh, oral treatments, early treatment vaccine, or, or early oral treatments? So, like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, fluvoxamine. It's, it's been a 12, 14 months late, but. Here we, we finally I got here. I wonder what data changed. I wonder well, what science changed. Well, I can tell you. Go ahead. Uh, there's a new antiviral drug coming out that is uh, under, under patent. patent. That's uh, going to be. He's going to. He's basically a salesman. Oh, so here we are. This guy so much. Let, let's 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 quickly touch on the uh, the bounce back of crypto. Yeah. Because that's fun for everybody, right? Well, it's fun for us. Well, it's fun for <laughs> I us. Don't know about everybody. Yeah, it's fun for me because I get to you know. Re- Remind people who I've told to buy for the last, I don't know, five years who haven't. Um, touched 46,000 Bitcoin did today. Ayo. And uh, this is kind of on the heels of the announcement that there was a, there's a crypto uh, portion of the infrastructure bill, which makes total sense. Um, and so there has been a quote unquote bipartisan deal reached in this infrastructure bill. That on makes crypto. me nervous. Very nervous. That being said, I'm assuming that that information was leaked to the powers that be and has been going up all morning. So um, I haven't read the bipartisan deal. I'm usually very skeptical of bipartisan deals in general. So we'll see what this one uh, actually says and and how it impacts people. But it seems as though the people who are investing in Bitcoin don't think it's going to be that big of a deal to them anyway, if the price is going up right now. I mean, listen, there's people that 
casually invest in Bitcoin that are going to jump in now and then it's they're, they're going to come out with this bipartisan deal that's actually really bad and then they're going to be a mass panic and sell off and then they're going to claim, see, average investors are getting hurt and we need to regulate it. That's my true like conspiracy skeptic going yeah. on. But for people like myself and what I assume you are, uh, I'm holding. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I'm, I'm in. It's a long-term thing, right? right. So... I'm I'm playing the long game. So I mean, it's can, fun. It's fun for us to talk about when the price goes up, uh, especially when it goes up quickly. You know, I think it's been up seventeen percent this week. So that's you know pretty. Ethereum, pretty, uh, yeah, is up above yeah, thirty thousand yeah. again. Yeah, like this is these are big numbers, and right. it's fun to watch. And like, I, listen, if you don't understand it and you want to invest in it, God bless you. Like, go do some research. It's it's not for the faint of heart. It is a roller coaster, and it's fun though. It is my my. After you go through the first one, oh. every one that follows is a little bit less dramatic and you're yeah. like oh i've been here done i've been this. i've done this before yeah. these these wounds are old yeah so you start to um, get those calluses built up yeah but it's again always fun that uh when bitcoin's on the move so hopefully it uh kind of gets back above that forty six thousand and uh gets up to fifty thousand because that's kind of the psychological barrier to a lot of ways that you know it got up to what was the high as like 63 64,000, i feel like at one point so we're creeping right back up to where all-time highs are so we'll see what happens if it breaks new all-time highs 100,000 by the end of the year, Mr. Hussong, what do you think? I mean, let's go, baby. Let's get it. To the moon. All right, so let's talk about uh, super spreader events. Are you putting air quotes on that? Uh, I guess. I mean, some people think they're they're uh, air quotes or they're not super spreader events. Some people think they are. I'm not as convinced. I mean, I don't care if they spread, I guess, is really the kind of the, the main point to take away from all of this is you know, they're spreading a virus that is not all that lethal. But um, regardless, they are. Oh, man, I lost my Bitcoin thing. My whole my whole day is not great. My whole production uh, today, Ben, Mr. Hughesong, for the show has been very, very under average. You know what? Everybody's allowed an off day. I guess. Just make sure you bring your A game. I'm just trying to get the Bitcoin ticker back above my head so you can stare at it. But it's not here. I'll work on that. Sounds um, good. Super spreader events. So. Do you remember, was it last year? I guess it was 2020, right? Where Sturgis was this big uh, feared super spreader event and all the uh, the motorcycle gangs were going to uh, spread COVID around the world and kill us all? Sure. It didn't happen, but that was the big fear anyway. And so on top of that, uh, we also had Lollapalooza. A couple, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of it. It's freaking a gigantic concert. It was in Chicago. It's it's It looked like there was... 100,000 people at the, at the, at the, uh, whatever their stadium they used it at. But, um, but also the big one that was getting a lot of, uh, uh, noise in the last week has been the, uh, Obama variant, right? So, uh, the, the, uh, Obama turned 60. Happy birthday. A, happy birthday, President Obama. Um, do we know that it was his birthday? Did we check the birth certificate? Oh, don't go down I'm that sorry. road. Sorry. Um, 60, he turned 60, he uh, invited 500, 700 something events, Pearl Jam played, Sweet. some other DJ. I would not have pegged Obama as a Pearl Jam uh, Me neither, guy. me neither, but he's 60, so, you know, he's starting to get old, you know, that's a thing. Um, he said, or somebody said, he was they were going to uh, uh, downsize the event or minimize uh, some of the, uh, you know, the, the activities that were going on there, but the tent was bigger than the Carrier Dome. Um, it was gigantic and there's pictures surfacing of, uh, dancing maskless, uh, no social distancing. So we should all just follow Obama's lead. Right. I feel like, 
Obviously. If I mean, that's what ever, I'm going to do. That's what I've been doing. Good life advice. Just follow Obama's lead. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe not on foreign affairs or interacting with the press. Let's not blow up any 16 year old kids, but. Or weddings. Um, yeah. Listen, all these things are, you know, one party, I say party, one side of the aisle, political spectrum, whatever you want to do, will kill Obama for saying that he's disregarding these. The, the, the pro-COVID people are killing Sturgis because it's a bunch of primarily right-leaning uh, folks uh, spreading that. But Lollapalooza is probably a, a large amount of left-leaning folks at the concert. So I'm not worried about any of these things. But the fact that people talk past one event to get to the other event without even acknowledging a previous event happening is, again, just very selective uh, picking, cherry-picking of the news. So... I don't know. Like I said, I don't care that Obama had a party, whatever. Other than, yeah, right. I mean, whatever. But the fact that if it's, it, it nothing should be, be used differently. Yeah. If Donald Trump had his birthday party this weekend in Mar-a-Lago and had that same exact event, people would be viewing it very differently. We get a lot more coverage in the same way that the George Floyd protests were signed off by medical professionals as a health crisis that justified the risk of super spreaders. But the January 6th riots in air quotes, so let's call them the January 6th protests, were a potential super spreader event, and there was no reason for that. Of, I don't even ask for objectivity anymore in the media. I think it's an absolute joke. Um, but, yeah, it's listen, good for Obama. I don't care. Like, go have your birthday party. Uh, invite your friends over. Rock out to some Pearl Jam. Um, have fun. Live your life. My favorite, though, is I don't remember who this woman was, but I saw the clip. She went on to, oh, what's his name? CNN's guy, the the dangerous time to tell Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta apparently still has a show on CNN, but she came on a show and they were talking about, she's like, oh my God, it is being politicized. It is being so overblown. We are being safe. And then the line of the day was, these are sophisticated, vaccinated people. We don't need to worry about them. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, like I said, they have selective uh, enforcement of their uh, narratives, I guess. No, it's the science. The science indicates that the sophisticated class amongst us, we don't need to worry about because they are just smarter than those of us who are so unsophisticated that we don't watch CNN daily or MSNBC or Fox News because you'd rather listen to Joe Rogan, Jimmy Dore, or somebody along those lines online. So we're not... And Houston. I mean... I'm just saying, I'm putting you in that class. I, I don't think I quite belong on the level of Joe Rogan and Jimmy Dore, but you know, I appreciate it. It's a, it's yeah, a very nice compliment. There. We're moving. Yeah, we're getting moving on up, baby. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So we touched on this a little bit here, but let's talk about this natural immunity thing because I feel like this is kind of this should be a backdrop. We we have talked about it, but seemingly almost nobody else talks about it. Or and it almost seems purposely avoiding the conversation. It's not even you know I've heard some local officials kind of drop the natural immunity or previously infected folks and whatnot. But there's basically still no benefit for anybody who's had or previously been infected with COVID to get the vaccine. And there seems to be this continued push and to disregard the benefits of natural immunity. Yep. We've seen this for months now. Um, and obviously the underlying uh, uh, narrative behind that is, okay, we'll get the vaccine. Everything, everything is about maximizing vaccinations and jabs and arms. And the fact that nobody will acknowledge that natural immunity is a thing and that it is beneficial and that doesn't require a vaccine just we can't have feeds that. in this feeds into the whole idea that uh, the people who are making decisions have super super low IQs i 
I don't even know how to describe it any longer because this just doesn't make sense. I, I don't I don't understand how you get otherwise halfway competent, intelligent public officials and politicians and everybody else, even regular people that I meet and talk to of completely ignoring or at least downplaying natural immunity and you say like well natural immunity is it's really robust and then the response is either no it's not they the science says it doesn't matter in this case they could still get reinfected or well yeah but if you got vaccinated on top of having your acquired immunity then it would be even better no it's just like that is not supported by any of the relevant data i yes i've read the study that said the the non-vaccinated people or the Natural immunity then got vaccinated or having much stronger antibody results. Like it's a joke of you have no idea what's going to happen long term with this. And, and so and just real quickly to back up. So we talk about antibodies, but there's more to the immune response right. than just antibodies. Right. And that, like for reference, people that had SARS COVID one back in 2004, still robust immunity to this day. That's weird. But the vaccine is going to require a booster shot at six months. And I'm supposed to buy in on this notion that the vaccine is the end-all be-all and is going to be vastly superior to my naturally acquired immunity. Forgive my skepticism. Honestly, like, forgive me if I'm not ready to dive all in. Because now what you're asking me to do is place a ton of faith that, that doesn't make sense from this minute issue in these science officials and these public health and Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, Dr. Walensky, and all these other people that they just know better that they know more than I do, and they I don't understand it because I am not sophisticated or educated enough to really grasp the science. Okay, but now, you've, now you're making me look at these people, and now I have to decide, okay, well, the science isn't really there, so you're telling me I just have to trust these people because they understand it better. So the same people that are telling me a cloth mask is an effective tool to stop aerosolized transmission, the same people that denied it was aerosolized transmission for a year, even when it was painfully obvious, that it was the same people that closed down our schools for an entire year, even though it was completely obvious that schools were not spreader events whatsoever. And we could have looked around the world at all the countries where they didn't shut down schools and nothing came of it. The same ones that released data saying that masks and everything else, social distancing in schools worked. It's on the CDC website when they compared districts that had all of it versus the ones that didn't. And in neither case did they have more than a 1% school spread. Neither, neither one. And they had they they basically falsified the entire study because they they only counted uh, school cases as if you tested positive and then you were on school grounds for any reason whatsoever in the previous two weeks. And then the last line of the study literally says there should be some caution because the schools in the pro mask distancing group were closed for the first portion of the study. So you weren't allowed to go there. That's on the CDC website to this day. You're talking about the same people that refused to acknowledge oral treatments when they were cheap and generic remdes or excuse me, uh, hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, zinc, vitamin D, uh, ivermectin, and there's some others. Completely ignored them and shoved them under the rug. Didn't even want to test them. Didn't want to fund a single study on it as a government agency. Never mind a private company trying to make money, but as the government oversight agency, didn't want to fund a single study on these low-cost, cheap therapeutics that were showing tremendous clinical results. But instead, we got remdesivir as the only FDA-approved treatment of COVID-19 in America to this day. And again, for those of you who are unaware of remdesivir's claim, never once was there any indication, was there any claim, or was there any reason to believe it would have any impact on mortality? Even when it was approved as the standard of care for COVID, it had zero impact on mortality. The only claim they could make on it was well, it'll shorten your symptoms by two to four days. 
That's the gold standard. That's what we had to study. Oh, and it only costs like $3,000 a treatment. So that's cool. But but it's under patent so people can make money. Exactly. So here you go. So you want me to trust these people after all of these lies that we locked down for some inexplicable reason. They shut down businesses, shut down churches, shut down community and family parties. Oh, the same people that turned a blind eye when Andrew Cuomo sent thousands of people to their death in nursing homes by mandating them. And then when he came out and said, no, I didn't. They all went, yeah, see, I guess he didn't. No, he absolutely did. The order's crystal clear. And then his top aide, well, former top aide, got caught on camera that was released to the public saying, we manipulated and covered up the data because we were worried about a federal investigation. And these are the people you want me to trust because I'm seeing data that doesn't make any sense to me. You've been lying to me all along about how it's, it's equally as dangerous for everyone and you have no idea. And asymptomatic spread is the primary driver. Could be 50% of the spread. No. In reality, it's somewhere between 0.3 and 0.7%. And asymptomatic spread has not even been established. Pre-symptomatic spread has. Asymptomatic spread, according to Dr. Fauci, last year has never been the driver of this type of virus in the history of humankind. But now we all got to walk, walk around with masks on that wouldn't stop it anyway. Because why? Why do I believe these people? Why are you asking me to trust these people? Why do you trust these people? At what point do you just look at them and say, eh, sorry, you're lying. You're lying as often as you can to get me to some end that I don't understand. But all I know is, as I've said before, I'm not getting in a car. I don't know where you're trying to take me, but I'm not getting in because you're trying to coerce me, trying to threaten me, trying to guilt me, trying to lie to me to get me to go along with you instead of just give me the truth and let me make my own decisions. And if I think you're right, I'm on board. And I'm the, probably the most egregious example still was uh, when hydroxychloroquine first came out and Dr. Fauci's like, well, it's, it's too early. Can't tell. Like, okay, that's fair. Yeah, that might be true. And then uh, the Sturgisphere study came out. And he said, well, the data is really clear now that uh, it's not only ineffective, but it, it's dangerous. Hydroxychloroquine, the thing that's been around since 1960 that we give the kids and pregnant women and the elderly. That Now you bought into that idea. And the study was a company with 11 people had formed a international hospital registry, complete with data from hospitals on every major continent and out of almost every country and all the major hospitals. And 11 people were running this. 11 Dr. Fauci is the head of the NIH for 30 years, looked at this study, and his first thought was not, hey, there's an international hospital registry that's being run and it's getting real-time data on morbidity and effects and mortality, and I didn't know about it until now? That's weird. How did I not know about this? When did this get formed? How long has this been in existence, and why wasn't I aware of it, seeing as how this is kind of my job, and I am the world's, most form- the world's foremost expert on this, according to public view? Nope, went right along with it. And then six weeks later, when The Guardian uncovered that it was all nonsense, the data was completely falsified, not a word. Not one word. The people that forced you to miss all of your vacations, miss all of your family gatherings, and then went and did it on their own? How long do you listen to these people? Yeah, we're way past that. Right, and now you get, I mean, listen, even at a local level with our local politicians, I don't think they're idiots. I don't think they're bad people. I want this to make sense. I, like if I hear County Executive McMahon talk about asymptomatic spread more and more time, I think I'm going to put my head through a wall. Like, who is advising him? Into Gupta. Uh, <sighs> Dr. Gupta. And I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. But, guys, I'm telling you, if you just bother to read it, it becomes painfully obvious. But for some reason, and I think it's well above Dr. Gupta, Gupta and uh, County Executive McMahon, they're not telling the truth. They keep covering this up, and they keep trying to scare the crap out of you 
about every little thing known to man. And that's... It's just lying with statistics, and our elected officials just go along with it. And the the one or two that do stand up, like Ron DeSantis or Governor Abbott down in Texas or a few others, they get killed. But they're right. And, and I must say my hat's off to these people because it's hard to stand up in, the, in that kind of wave of oppression. Not oppression, but oppressive beating down. You just get killed, and everybody comes after you. And you're yeah, most people like, don't want to deal with it, right? No. So they don't even want to. So they just go along to get along. No, and then every quasi medical related professional all of a sudden is an expert in micron size and airflow effect- efficacy of mass, and they're looking down on us common people of like, well, you just don't understand. Like, oh, did they teach you a lot about that when you were in in PT school? Did you cover this in depth? No. Then what is your expertise that's better than mine? That you are you were causally related to medicine? Shut up. Yeah, they get information handed to them by the industrial hygienists who are testing and creating these masks. So they're all getting it secondhand. It's just as we are. Right. And but we're yeah. trying to come with some type of objectivity, and none of us right. could ever be 100% objective. Yes, I am far more likely to buy in immediately a study that says that the vaccines are not as effective as we were. The one that came out and said vaccine immunity is better than natural immunity. But it's not because I'm anti-vaccine. It's because all of the data to this point has indicated that. It has. So if something's different now, then that's gonna. I'm going to be meaning that with some uh, with some hesitancy to be like, um, well, that just took a 90 degree turn away from the way everything has been going all along. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a local official, not really our local official, but a local official uh, downstate who is doing it all wrong. Uh, Mayor De Blasio, Mr. Husong, has implemented a vaccine mandate for all people entering indoor buildings in the city restaurants gyms all offices all the like smart your, your mayor de blasio not my mayor. oh yeah it's forgot so I, you know i'm not sure what to even make of this i've been anti-vaccine passport since the first idea was floated here um does de blasio know that 70 percent of the people in his city who are unvaccinated are people of color probably not i think he knows I, he he cannot not know. I guess the, the information is literally. Given is that accurate? Seventy percent yeah. of like, the, yeah. Oof. It's like so. What is he doing? Right. He's literally just basically creating a new Jim Crow law via the va- vaccine passport. He's basically outlawing uh, people of color yeah. into restaurants and gyms and office buildings. It's literally nonsensical. And, it's a joke. And more authoritarian than I could possibly imagine. It's literally the worst possible scenario for, and it's one of the biggest cities in the world, right? So this is not like just some, some cowpoke uh, little town and whatever. This is literally New York city mandating that people have to have a vaccine passport to get into a building. It's crazy. But here we are. It's the, again, why do we still think these work? I, I, I cannot for the life of me understand why. And, you want everybody to get vaccinated. How about anybody who wants to? Because literally the only thing you could say about the vaccine at this point is that it might lower your chance of getting very sick or dying for some amount of time. That's what you can say about the vaccine that is ap- that is certainly accurate. And being mandated, right? So it's like it's... But why are you mandating? Like, let's say I'm really, really super pro-vaccine and, can't, and wants everybody to get it and you are not. All right? Okay. If I get vaccinated and you don't. All right. So what actually happens? You're more likely to get COVID than me. Okay you're just as likely to spread it to me as or to some other anti-vax person, right? right? Okay, now 
mine, let's say instead, I get COVID. I'm just as likely to spread it to you. So the only thing I can say is, well, I'm less likely to get very sick and die than you are. And then your response has to be, okay, I'm good. I can live with it. No effect on spread, no effect on susceptibility of getting it, just minimizes symptoms. That's all you can say about this, and you want to mandate this for people? You're trying to get the FDA to expedite the approval process for full authorization so we can have vaccine mandates for schools? You people are insane. You're evil. You are crazy. And this, none of this makes sense. What are we doing? What are we, like, honest to God, what is happening? Failing miserably. Oh, my God. And every time this happens, people cheer. Like, oh, thank God, Bill de Blasio. I mean, how many people do you need on the other side of an issue before you go, I don't want to be on that team? Uh, How often do you get, well, Donald Trump's not pro-mask mandates or vaccine passports, but pro-vaccine. Bill de Blasio, Andrew Cuomo, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, um... I don't even know who else, but I'm good. That's if that's the list I'm out. I don't want to be on your team. Historically speaking, I don't want to be on that team. Whatever you're trying to do, I want to be on the other side of it. I want to, I want to, we had a comment in our uh, chat here uh, about Moderna. Oh God. So I wanted to bring up what I shared with you a little bit before we went on the air here. I'll read the comment first. So I thank you for participating. All our uh, passionate fans here. Uh, Moderna stockholders are supporting 100% vaccinations and monthly boosters. Is that shocking to you? No. So let me read. Uh, some of you guys might know Alex Berenson. He's been uh, reporting on COVID from basically pretty much the uh, beginning. Is, Day one. Yeah, and has been uh, maybe the most uh, prominent reporter pushing back on the, the narrative. But let me read uh, the first paragraph, a couple sentences here from uh, a recent article from August 6th that he posted. COVID vaccine maker Moderna received 300,000 reports of side effects after vaccinations over a three-month period following the launch of its shot, according to an internal report from the company that helped Moderna manage the report. So this is a leaked presentation to shareholders uh, basically showing that uh, Moderna had, they they don't indicate which three months they are measuring here. It could be January to March or uh, April to June, um, but 300,000 adverse events in three months just from Moderna. It's terrifying. I'm guessing the, uh, the stakeholders, the stockholders are aware of this to some degree. Maybe, I don't know. I, it's, it's crazy. I, there's so much information out there right now that it's hard to, uh, know what's what to prioritize and, and, and talk about because um, that seems like a gigantic number just from one of these vaccine manufacturers and who knows. Um, but I wanted to kind of bring that up since we had a uh, comment talking about Moderna. So thank you for uh, uh, participating in the uh, in-depth chat we have here. But let's move on to our, I guess, story du jour. Um, our governor, your governor, is probably in the last week of his governorship, I'm calling. So we know that uh, Attorney General James has come out with a report last week. We touched on that a little bit. Uh, basically confirming or substantiating the 11 claims of these, or claims of these 11 victims. Uh, basically saying that, you know, she, the, this is the AG's words, that a crimes have been, state and federal crimes have been committed by Governor Cuomo. So this has set off a you know, a huge firestorm of pushback on the governor. Uh, 
most people in his party, elected leaders in his party, not disregarding the whole the Republican Party, they are pretty much all against him already. But majority now of the assembly and the senates are pretty much on public record, basically saying they support a resignation by the governor or he needs to be impeached. So we have a little bit of a timeline here today. The uh, judiciary committee met at nine thirty and basically to go over the AG report. They have given our governor until Friday, August thirteenth, to provide his side of the story. So they're going to. Uh, take this week basically and allow him to present the other side. I'm assuming that depending on how confident the governors and the governor's uh, lawyers are, that he could be resigned by the end of the week. Um, I do think that it could be a couple weeks if they allow this process to unfold, because I don't think the impeachment would be presented to the assembly and for another couple of weeks after the 13th. So we're looking at the end of August, last week of August, right in the fair time, actually. So that'd be fun. August, August 20th, Mr. Husong is governor's day at the fair. Awesome. Who do you think? Do you think governor Hochul will show up? No. Do you think governor Cuomo will show up? No, I don't think anybody's going to show up. Probably not a good idea, but so anyway, so this timeline of uh, impeachment is going to unfold this week. Uh, we are going to get information probably all this week. Um, there is multiple investigations in this thing. So we have not just the sexual harassment part of the investigation. There is the the book writing slash uh, state employees writing the book uh, part of the uh, investigation. And, of course, the hiding of the nursing home data part of the investigation. So we haven't heard definitive uh, takes from the Judiciary Committee about either one of those parts of the investigation. I'm assuming we will. But the sexual harassment allegations has been uh, uh, ramped up with uh, one of the previously unknown uh, victims coming forward, as I think last night or today, uh, coming basically executive assistant number one, I think he was uh, referred to in the in the report, basically filing a criminal charge in the county with the sheriff's department and the Albany County. So not only do we have just the reports of the, the, the Tisha James's uh, report, we also now have a criminal investigation, at least one, and there's three other counties who are looking into investigating or charging uh, the governor with these crimes. Again, on top of the fact that we still don't know how the nursing home data, uh, hiding of the nursing home data and the uh, writing of the book through state staff uh, portions of the investigations are going to unfold. Uh, they shouldn't be small parts of this investigation. I know the sexual harassment is the juicy part and everybody talks about it, but those other things are just as, you know, mind bogglingly criminal by a governor than, than those. So first, Mr. Husung, do we have any takes on the investigation? Do we have any takes on you know, like the lawyers for Cuomo kind of came out and presented their side. They made some points. So I'm not dismissing. Like, I, I do think that there is a coordinated, probably not the right word, but there is a uh, piling on from his own party at this point, thinking that he's damaged goods and they're jumping ship as quickly as possible. What's your initial takes on the investigation, on the reports? Uh, how do you think this week's going to go if you have any takes at all? I bet you he's still governor on August 20th. On August 20th, but you don't think he's going to be at the fair? No. So I think he could be still a governor on August 20th. I do think that there is a better than 50-50 shot that he resigns before Friday. And that's just basically, this is a, this is almost like a, a week of assessment for the governor and his team, right? So they, 
they've they present they know that they're going to he's not going to resign supposedly uh they do seemingly have enough votes to impeach him i can't imagine we'll that he would want to go out as an impeached governor right so i don't think he eventually i think he eventually resigns they've they figure out a way for him to and I don't know if you heard, there's actually this report that he has bartered a, I won't run for a fourth term if you don't impeach me uh, thing. I'm not really sure that anybody could trust him if <laughs> to say that he's not going to run again. But either way, um, I think this week is a pivotal week for the resignation part of the story. Whereas if he's not completely confident in his, uh, you know, his side of the story being uh, given to the judiciary committee by Friday that he may just resign to avoid the trial because I think that a impeachment trial is inevitable if he does not resign. I think that he is enough of an egomaniac and the level of arrogance in this gentleman. Um, he can't resign. He won't. I don't think he'll resign under any circumstances. And I do think that he'll barter a deal. And he You don't think he'll resign if... If enough uh, pressure is put on him or enough evidence is put in his face that he's going to be impeached? Nope. So you think he's just going to ride out the impeachment? I think he'll go down fighting. And I think what he'll do is he'll try to cast himself as the victim of this witch hunt and everybody's coming after him because of this, that, or the other, and that he was misunderstood and mis- mishandled and he did some things wrong, but certainly not enough to rise to this level. And he's learned from these mistakes and the people that are coming after him are just political. That's it. So... Remember last February or March, I guess it was, when we were talking about the nursing home stuff, or last April, and he just kept coming out, and you and I kept discussing it on the show of, like, how can he just lie and so many people just believe it, and nobody in the media is asking a question? Like, nobody wants to follow up on any of this, even though he was so clearly wrong. Nobody was asking him about the book deal. Hey, how much money are you about to make? How much? Yeah, how much? And, and I, listen, I do think that people, the, the, the people who are supposed to hold him accountable missed the boat on that. Um but I feel like there's a crack in that. And I don't know if it was a definitely, I don't think it was a, the media respects governor Cuomo. I think they just feared access and, you know, ridicule coming back at them from his team. So now that he's wounded, I think there's more push from even the media to question some of this. Yeah. Um, maybe fingers crossed that I hope that that's the case, I guess. But I do think that first of all, I, I can't imagine he's governor of 2022. No, you have you made that assessment yet? Uh, like winning another term? Yeah. Do you think he? No. no. So okay. So, but I don't. I think he finishes out his term. That's my okay. guess. Okay. I and listen. I shouldn't rule it out. I'd say there's at least a chance he'll still run, because I think ultimately this is a you count on the collective short memory span. So you get through the next two weeks, which will be brutal and all kinds of calls and people will be claiming impeachment and everything else. And then all you need is something else to pop up, like, I don't know, a, a big spike in COVID cases. Or Governor's Day at the fair. Are masks being required at the fair? No, not right now. So you come out and be like, listen, I, I really, I'm not comfortable, and I don't think anybody should be going to a place that isn't required. I won't go there because I don't want to spread anything. Are you trying to make this fair a super spreader event? I mean, I guess it's going to be. But we're not using cash, so at least we got that going forward. By the way, this was brought up to me, was... All right, so they're not accepting money at the fair, no cash, everything's tracked on, like, credit cards and stuff. It's like, yeah, do you think that's just so that they can track and trace everybody right from the get-go with nobody falling through the cracks? And I was like, well, I hadn't gone to quite that spot yet, but I guess I'm not ruling it out either. That seems a very uh, plausible uh, reason to do that, you know. Yes. So, all all this considered, I this is why I'm so skeptical. Like, it's happened before. 
it's going to happen again where people have learned, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Ralph Northam, whether it's uh, whomever you want to go with here, that just don't back down and just keep fighting. And there's no, what's the upside for him if he resigns? The only upside in a resignation for him is to avoid impeachment. That's really the only one. But so, it's and he, like, it's, that's a, that's just a credibility thing, right? So he might not literally care about that if he's not going. He, where's he going? For sure, right. So if he goes down fighting, he can always turn around and claim that it was a witch hunt. And he, God knows, if I've learned anything over the last year, it's that if you just repeat something often enough, a ton of people will get on board with it, even if it makes absolutely no sense. No doubt. I, so, yeah, I don't argue that. I And here's the thing. I genuinely believe that this man is a sociopath and he couldn't care less. Like, he doesn't care what you think about him. He doesn't care what I think about him. He just cares that his ego is so intact and he feels that he is almost entitled or, or like, the most, the, the best person to do this and he wants to be president one day and everything else. If you resign and just admit this, you're forever the governor who resigned in disgrace. If you go down and you can present evidence that that shows all this other stuff, well, you, me, most rational and reasonable people, and and like every Republican is going to say, like, no, we should never forget about this. But they will, and they're going to say, like, yeah, he's he's wrong. But then it gives the other side sort of a leg to stand on. Of see that they just came after him, and then you just go after the. You have to acknowledge that most of these people that are involved with this investigation have their own political aspirations. Letitia James is no exception, and that's fine. Um, I'm just not – listen, I, I hope he resigns because it would be the right thing to do. I just would never count on this man doing the right thing. That's, that's what I've learned over the last couple of years is when given the opportunity to do something self-serving and self-indulgent or the right thing – the track record's pretty clear. He's he's not making the sacrifice for the greater good. He's, he's going the opposite. I, every I time. totally agree. Every time. All right, so let's quickly touch on the impeachment process, if you will. So sure. we touched on this. We had a whole episode about this, uh, I don't know, a few months back when this first kind of all broke. But yep. um, we, we touched on the timeline a little bit. So we ha- the, the governor has until Friday, August 13th, to uh, make his case, if you will, supply the Judiciary Committee with the evidence to counteract the AG report. Um, so that'll Can happen. Can he extend that? I don't think so. Um, I think, well, I mean, I guess it's, anything's possible, I guess, but I feel like this deadline was just given purposely last week uh, to allow the governor to make his case. Uh, so we have until Friday for the governor to make his case. Um, I do think that there is a a small window here for him to resign this week if he feels and his advisors did feel that the case is just not strong enough. So, but if it goes through Friday, mm-hmm. And he presents his case. The assembly will have to dra- uh, um, draft articles of impeachment um, sometime. I'm assuming a couple weeks after that. I'm, they, it, it seems as though maybe the week before Labor Day. This is when most of this is going to start to transpire, which again is right in the middle of the fair week. So that's interesting for us. Uh, the assembly will point nine nine uh, uh, managers for the impeachment and. Um, they kind of uh, serve as uh, presenting the case, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the assembly votes on that, on the articles, and they need a, I think it's just a majority for the assembly to get to the impeachment. So they have way more than 50% of the assembly already publicly stating that they would impeach. So I think that if it gets to the impeachment level, that it he will be impeached and sent to trial. Um, so the Senate which is basically uh, presided over by current Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. Mm-hmm. And just as a side note, the Senate Majority Leader 
Andrea Stewart Cousins, because she is in line to the governor through New York, the Constitution, uh, she would become the acting lieutenant governor during this impeachment trial. Um, we forgot to mention that Cuomo actually has to step down during the impeachment yep. trial, which is kind of unique to New York State versus the, uh, for example, the presidential impeachment that happened. Which one? Whatever. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. Let's go back to the, 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 the process. Plotter. Yeah, the process. Um, so if the Senate, they need to get two thirds of the, what they call the uh, judiciary or the impeachment court. I think it's a it's a combination of the Senate minus Andrew Stewart Cousins because she's basically becomes disqualified as a voter because she's uh, in line to sure. get the uh, lieutenant governor um, and the seven I think it is uh, judges who make up the court of appeals. So it's the Senate minus Andrew Cousins plus the uh, court of appeals, which is seven. They need to get two thirds of that body to convict, if you will, the impeachment for him to be removed from office permanently. Yep. Uh, so I think there's like 69, I think they need like 46 total votes in that um, uh, two thirds, two thirds uh, Senate vote. So, um, and then obviously at that point, if he's convicted, he is no longer allowed to run for any state office, which is save the New Yorkers. He could still vote for local and federal offices, which is still weird. And I, I'm not sure how that would unfold if he tried to do that. Right. Um, but he is barred from running for state office again, so he could not run for a fourth term. Uh, the lieutenant governor would then become the governor. Yep. Western New York native, Syracuse alumni, Kathy Hochul, would become the governor. And at that point, Andrew Stewart Cousins goes back to the Senate, and they have a process to replace the actual lieutenant governor. It could be her, but it, there's a process to actually replace the lieutenant governor. So that's kind of the... The gist of the impeachment process, uh, I'm guessing you're going to be inundated with most of this over the next couple of weeks because I think it's going to move forward and it's, and it's actually going to happen. So we have that to look forward to. Mr. Husung, you have a, a, a moment of clarity you'd like to give us? So my thing is he's just going to – all you have to do is delay this out long enough and people will forget about it. So if you can run – Which is what happened the first time this kind of happened. Right. So if you can get delays for whatever reason out there and you can push this off even by six weeks, that's all you need. Because I'm of the opinion that says, all right, we're going to have massive case spikes in September of this year. And maybe even at the end of August, because that's when it started to happen last year. And, you know, call me crazy, but I think seasonality probably plays somewhat of a role in this. So as you're going to have that anyway, and then you combine that with the fact that that six-month mark from when we started vaccinating people is, I don't know, like two weeks from now. And so the six months as the, as the vaccine efficacy drops and there's a, there's a clamor for booster shots and a call for people to step up, uh, it's going to cause more cases because the vaccine did appear to offer at least some protection early on and it's going to continue to wane and that's naturally would lead to more people being infected right as you're hitting the normal flu season anyway, which would lead to a massive increase in cases. And as we talked about, I think two weeks ago, they're going to update all of the uh, testing apparatus per the FDA so that it can actually differentiate between COVID-19 and the seasonal flu, which of course a reasonable person might then inquire, wait, so it can't tell the difference right now? And the answer is apparently no, it can't. So either way, that is going to be fixed, but not until December 31st. As you and I both know, that mandate doesn't come into effect until 1231 of this year. So 
if I'm looking at the big picture and going, all right, how does this play out? If this guy, let's say I'm right, let's say that all this is going to happen, as long as he has not been tried by September 20th, September 30th, then you're going to see a case increase, which now he's going to push for COVID lockdowns and, and restrictions. Yeah, and, do you think that the the state legislature is going to give him those powers back? I don't. I don't think they're going to give him that power unilaterally, but I think they will go along with what he wants to do, and they have the majority to do it. So I don't think he needs the executive powers to do all this. I think that he can claim, and then just the same thing you're watching right now, anybody that dares speak out, you're going to get lambasted and run out on a rail. You're going to just get it blasted up and down, and then that delays it long enough for him to stay in office, and there's all this stuff to be done, and they're going to delay the impeachment, delay the impeachment until he can do some other out. So that's my that's my honest to God take on it is like look I hope he resigns I, I I think it's the right thing to do and I think that there's always anytime you get a sexual harassment allegations it's always like all right is this just you are trying to approach and hit on women but you suck at it and, yeah. and like you're awkward and I like those guys I, I always kind of feel like look it's wrong but let's not kill them like they they didn't really do anything terrible that like it was bad. But understand that side is he's he doesn't have any idea what he's doing in this, and so this is this is the result. I think some of the claims were that. I think some of it was he he doesn't have much game as as we can call it, and he's he's trying to uh, approach and hit on these women. But some of it did cross the line. Some of it went clearly over to the other side of that, where you're just using your position of authority to put these women into an awkward position and take advantage of them and physically touch them and grope them when there was no indication that you should have like. Yeah, some of this goes to a, a bigger picture, too. It's like he pretty much cultivated what he wanted in his office, right? So he hired a bunch of young, attractive girls, situated them, and sat their desks next to his office so that he would see the girls that he wanted to see. And so this was a – I'm not saying that those are all impeachable offenses, no. but there, there's a there's a culture that he was yes. building, and it's not somebody who has somebody in power should be building that kind of a culture. No, it's, 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 it's clearly compromised. Oh. Decision making. So it's horrible. And right. it's bad. And like, but this is what I mean of it's not as ever, it's not ever as black and white as we want it to be. Sure. It's not like every time that even if it is legitimate sexual harassment, it's not always meant that way on the part of the of the I don't know the right word here, guilty party. It, it's they don't realize that they're sexually harassing somebody else. They're genuinely trying to like Yeah, they're just socially but, awkward. Yeah, you know. they're all like Bill Gates, I think a lot of what came out about him was he didn't know how to hit on women and he kept trying to and it was awful because then he had all this power imbalance and the dynamic was built up, but I don't think he fully grasped that. I think he saw that as like, oh, finally I have a shot with girls. And so the, it was just awkward. The, like the come on was bad and it, it came out bad. I I just came dangerously close to defending Bill Gates on something. God, what is today? Um, but in Andrew Cuomo, I think some of this stuff, from what I've read and I've not read all of it, some of it definitively crossed over that line and was wrong. Some of it was, hey, you've got to know how bad this power imbalance really is and how bad this is, and if you're doing this, you you can't be doing this. And then I think the smaller cases go to show the bigger pattern, but keep in mind, he, he has the right at trial to bring all this evidence up and other evidence, and then you're going to get into the, well, if she felt so uncomfortable, why did she come with me to this party, and why did she go with me here, and why did she go with me there? Why didn't the state trooper request to be moved? Yeah, and I do, do think this? that there is some... Some of the defense was that, that these, uh, I'm going to call them victims, were, it, I would say leading on, but they weren't airing their complaints. Right. They, they, weren't, yeah. they weren't putting a stop to it, right. so he didn't know that it was 
wrong. Right. right? And keep so, in mind, he doesn't have to prove he's innocent. Sure. He just has to give enough of a reasonable doubt to say, well, maybe we shouldn't convict him and kick him out of office. And so I think that's what you're looking at is it, it, you're going to get to that point, and then it gives him the perfect out because if he can drag that out until next summer, when is the governor's race again? The next election? 20, November 2022. 2022. Yeah, so now we get into July of 2022, and then he announces, I'm not running a third term. Leading you through this pandemic over the last three years has been so exhausting. I'm just going to go and spend some time with my daughters and my mother before she passes away. And then you get the call of like, well, what's the point of impeaching him? He's just going to leave anyway. It's just going to be this. And well, the, the same, you know, I'm not sure if the same. He's not uh, running for another office in New York. He wants right. to be president. Like, sure. that's, that's where he's trying to get to. So, yeah, you could make that claim. Listen, they said the same thing about Trump. But the people that were, even if you thought January 6th was this insurrection in real life, there were still pro-Trump people who thought that thinking like, well, who cares? Like, it's over with. He's not going to be president. By the time you finish this, it's going to be over anyway. Well, then he can't run again. Like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. So I think you're going to see a lot of the same thing on the flip side now. I, don't, I think that's a perfectly reasonable expectation. And like Andrew Cuomo, what is his incentive for not doing that? Yeah, I, like I said, I to do the right thing? Ha, ha, being skeptical of him resigning and being actually impeached and convicted and removed from office, I get it. Like all the points that you've made, I've all the people have made similar points and more points of he's not going anywhere, this will pass. I don't know. I feel like we've reached critical mass and this I'm, is all, but the, the writing, the, just the, the final outcome has not been written yet, but he will not be the governor by the end of the year. I don't know if that's true. And I guess this is the other reason I'm, I'm coming down more on this side is because I know how badly I want you to be right. And so I'm trying to not let so that influence my, my overall decision-making yeah. because I know like, I, listen, I want to believe that I am the most attractive guy in the world, and I want to agree that I am incredible. I want to believe that I'm incredibly smart. I really want that to be true. Doesn't mean it is. And so the same way here of like, I just want that to be the case. I want him to resign. I want him gone. I wanted him gone over the nursing homes. Like, sure. My God, but what is going on in this country? And I don't mean to diminish sexual harassment or anything else in the workplace. I don't. Comparatively speaking what he did to these women versus legitimately sending over a thousand people to an early death and then actively covering up data, getting caught red handed and then having staff write a book for him where he was paid $5 million for the book all. And then he covered up the data to thwart or prevent a federal DOJ investigation into how he's handled it. Like that we're all okay with, but this is where we draw the line. This is the line and the, the, the red line. I, I'm so confused. And I don't mean to say like, it's, it's okay that he did this to these women. It's not. How is it not worse to go and actually cause people to die because of your order, lie about the order to the media, to the press and everybody else who dares ask a question and then block access to yourself in your office, to anybody that asked more than once, have your top aide get caught on camera, acknowledging that you manipulated and covered up data to, prevent a DOJ investigation and then using your staff uh, being paid by taxpayers to ghostwrite a book for about your leadership and you get paid $5 million for a book that probably made 500,000. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that has to go because most of these politicians know the sausage making in the background and they are part of it and if they shed light on it, they get dragged down with them. So 
to your point, I, I listen, I, I'd, I'm sure that's why they all want him to resign so that they don't have to go through some of this. Think about how many people in New York politics are, are guilty of at least the same exact stuff that he is. If for not sure, worse. for sure. And that's kind of been my, if you're right and he fights it to the end, I'm going to hope that he just takes down anybody with him that he possibly I can. want him to go scorched earth so bad to be like, you know, I'm gonna be hard to, his career's over if he, sure. if he resigns. It's just that simple. He's never going to make it to the presidency. Like nobody bounces back from that. Yeah. that. There's some things you can bounce back from. This is not one that you're going to bounce back from. Not in a way that he's going to garner you votes and whatever else. Yeah. Especially not as a Democrat. You just, it's not going to happen. If you resign and you acknowledge all this is true and you admit defeat, you're over. It's done. But if if he goes down swinging, and my God, think of the dirt this man has, especially on a state level, but even somewhat of national level on these politicians. Holy crap! I wanted to go scorched earth and just release it all and be like, you know what? You Whatever. Go. Yeah. And then well, he'll get just welcomed with open arms onto Fox News and the right as he trashes all of these Democrat politicians, and it'll be the weirdest thing ever. And I'm in for this. Yeah. I'm so in. let's uh. Let's finish up talking about some of the fallout, though. So you mentioned uh, former top aide Melissa DeRosa. If you guys don't know, she resigned last night, Sunday. Of course, you know, making sure that over the weekend. Always uh, do it on a Friday or a Sunday. um, I found her statement interesting in the fact that she thanked, uh, she talked about how she loved working for the state, how New York that is, how much. uh, The last two years were very uh, uh, hard on her and whatnot, Uh, but. Her boss was not mentioned in the statement at all. No uh, mention of uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, working for him, working with him, anything like that. I found that interesting. I don't know what to make of it. Um, Other than I want to maybe her testimony was some of the testimony that kind of pushed the investigation over the edge, if you will, over the cliff. And uh, she, because she's so, you know, so important and so vital to the way that the governor's office is run. Um, as you point out, she's the one who, uh, you know, basically said we froze. Uh, I, I found her resignation more than interesting and I found her statement kind of amplified that. So I don't know what to make of it, but I feel like her departure has all but sealed the deal that he's no longer going to be the governor. I guess I, I when I heard that, I was like, okay, it's over. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a reasonable conclusion. I'm just, I, I don't. I want to be that optimistic, and I want to believe it's to be true. And and, and you know, you might be right. You might actually be far more accurate in your assessment than mine. I think I might be overreacting because of how badly I want that to be true. Sure. And let's also talk about, uh, we haven't talked about this at all, really, but his brother made a, a appearance in the uh, report. Another proud moment for legacy so, media. So he basically, this is uh, Chris Cuomo, you guys know. He hosts, uh, I guess, the top-rated CNN show. I'm not really sure quote-unquote top means anymore um, but he is the most viewed uh, show on CNN uh, but he in this report basically wrote a response for his brother the governor uh, which the governor basically read almost verbatim uh, and there is calls for Chris Cuomo basically to resign and basically be taken off the air because he is not actually performing the duties of a journalist or any any news uh person or in, in the news i guess At he's cnn stop well, i mean not shocking i'm stop. sure stop but he's still there he's still doing a show he has not yet talked about uh, the governor he just basically went right into covid and yeah. governor DeSantis. so he was talking about the other governor instead of uh, his brother but um i mean i guess it's easy to say you probably don't think chris cuomo should be on the air doing his job if he is 
compromised in a way that he is affecting the news as opposed to reporting the news. Um, do you think that he is eventually removed from his uh, CNN gig? No. No? So you think Cuomo brothers are going to ride it out together? Listen, it, it, again, how did Chris Cuomo not get fired after the nursing home debacle where he's got his brother on with props while people did are you, dying? Did you know that there is right now no current uh, residence uh, owned by the governor? Where would he go when he gets kicked out of the mansion? I mean, he's got $5 million in, the, in a trust. He'll be fine. That went to the daughters. Yeah, sure it did. Do you think he's going to emerge from Chris Cuomo's basement? I hope so. I hope but, he stays down there. Listen, as for Chris Cuomo, like, listen, this has been a joke since the beginning. Brian Selter's already out all over the media talking about how it's a really dicey and tricky situation. And you know what? The public shaming he's got is probably already enough punishment because how do you even come back from that? Like, I don't know, you forfeit your multi-million dollar per year job because you are an embarrassment to your industry. That's I, I feel like that'd be a start, but yeah, and then there's there has been some pushback even within CNN, so I give those people some credit for basically saying, hey, he, sh- he does not need to be on the air anymore. They're not really necessarily public yet. But So here's the flip side of it, though. Fox News a few years ago, uh, Michael Cohen came out and said his only other client was Sean Hannity, and he got and he had to release that, and everybody was like, oh, my God, the horror of it. And Sean Hannity came out and was like, look, I gave him like 100 bucks as a retainer to advise me on real estate. I think I only paid him so I could get attorney-client privilege. He didn't represent me in anything meaningful. It was nothing crazy. Now, is that true? Is that false? I have no idea. But I, I guess my end result is it doesn't matter because Sean Hannity was more valuable to Fox News in his radio hosting capacities and TV shows and everything else, and people tuned in, and it became a monetary decision. Chris Cuomo has the highest-rated show on CNN, which admittedly is like having the biggest chair at the kids' table at Thanksgiving, but all the same, if that's what you got, then that's what you got. So if they fire him, who's coming in? Like, who are you going to get that's going to draw that audience? And this also, you have to assume that the Cuomo brothers have some dirt on Jeffrey Zucker. I I feel like that's a safe assumption. So I'm pretty sure that Zucker's probably on his way out. That's kind of been rumored for a little bit here. Did you know that that the second in command, the woman who is being touted to replace Jeff Zucker, Used to be Governor Cuomo's former communication director. Outstanding. So you got that going for us. And basically the thought is that she's been protecting Chris Cuomo this whole time, and that's why he is still employed with the network. So we'll see how that unfolds. God, this world is dirty. Like the whole world of legacy media and politicians is just... Speaking of dirty, uh, we didn't talk about this, but I happen to read a part... So maybe you're familiar with Time's Up. It was an organization that was founded right after the Me Too movement. So apparently a couple of people on their board also offered Cuomo advice during this, literally taking the psyche of victims and using it to re, you know, basically uh, re-attack them. Yeah, so they used the information that they would find through victims that they have been dealing with and use that as a way to, uh, you know, make the scenario for governor less you know, they tried to basically blame the victims. Um, so this is a company or a, a nonprofit, I'm assuming. Yeah, organization that was founded to support victims that has basically been working to undermine undermine victims. the victims, which is just craziness. Horrible. To me. So um, I'm not sure how that place, that Time's Up, is still have any credibility. I mean, they've been getting attacked ever since the whole Me Too thing start, or you know, kind of fell apart here. But you know, it's I found that an funny. interesting side note. It turns out that when you're full of shit from day one and you just maintain that, eventually you get found out, and then some people, but not everybody, start to lose some faith in you. It's weird. 
maybe just trying not being so full of it and then let's see what happens yeah that would be the that would be the uh the credible thing to do amazing but Uh, it's never happening because it's too much our team versus your team and it's this that or the other and my attitude on all of this is i i just don't have the patience or the tolerance for this anymore i'm done you're so full of it all the way across the board all these people like Donald Trump's was was run up and down for all of the oh well his former communications director used to work here and they went there and they went there and I'm listening going yeah but Barack Obama's did the same thing George W Bush did the same thing why do we care now like what is it about this particular guy that's so crazy and now you're seeing a lot of this with Andrew Cuomo and I'll maintain this statement forever Andrew Cuomo basically is Donald Trump just with worse policies like they they're both egomaniacs they're both narcissists they're both very like they think they're doing good for other people and they have these cult-like followings of people and that's fine i don't understand it and i don't have to everybody's entitled to their own opinion they might disagree maybe they think these are good people god bless you i'm not here to tell anybody how to live that's why i don't think andrew cuomo is going anywhere because even now at the height of this right after the report comes out and you're reading all of these details still favor in favor of impeachment overall was still only at like 70 percent or 65 percent yeah. So I mean, that's listen. You're telling me at that point that's that means thirty to thirty five of whoever was pulled doesn't matter what he does because the nursing home scandal, the book scandal, and the the sexual harassment scandal still no impeachment. This is you could shoot somebody at Fifth Avenue like that's where he's at with those people. So now you get the middle ones that they're going to be. I would anticipate some pullback as time goes on and more context is applied and more excuses are made and more of the and I listen. I don't care. When you come out and a woman accuses a, a guy of sexual harassment and then he comes out and says, okay, but if you were so uncomfortable, why did you call me this many times, go to all these parties and do all this? That does carry weight with the general public. Whether sure. it should or should not, I don't know, but I know that it does. I know that people are inclined to look at that and go, yeah, that is uh, that is concerning. Yeah, no, it, it, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't be part of the discussion. For sure, it should be because, you know, just as we're talking about, if there's confusion between the two people... That could lead to an awkward situation, sure. whatever. I get it. I totally get it. Now, mind you, there's 11 of these situations that we know of. So, you know, yeah, there's more, there's I probably mean, hundreds, you know, accidentally slipping your hand into a blouse without, you know, and cupping a breast Let is he not, without sin cast I mean, the first stone. I'm just My saying God. if there's a, if there's a, a way to avoid that in the office, I guess you probably do that, I guess. I don't know. Or let her make the first move. Then, you, then you're really sure of it, right? I just don't understand how you can claim it accidentally slid your hand under a woman's blouse. I've, I've, never, I've never had it happen. I guess I'm just very fortunate. Or unfortunate, I guess. I'm going to stick with fortunate. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. So I'm assuming we're going to be following this impeachment here thing uh, and Governor Cuomo and all the fallout here for at least a couple weeks. Um, let's hope we have some news coming out Friday from the governor's side. I expect it. I mean, we're going to have something, I, you know, I, I'm not sure if there's going to be something that, that, that is necessarily something we should be discussing here, but uh, we're going to get some news here on Friday. Um, and then we're going to go forward. Like I said, I don't expect a, an impeachment, uh, uh, to be to a trial to begin until maybe September. Um, but it'll be fun. I mean, fun in a, in a, dystopian sense yeah i guess yeah. that you're just gonna try to be riveted to see what's going to happen uh the uh the committee today that was uh had their press conference at 9 30 was uh, a mob scene of news cameras and reporters so at least there's people covering it uh i don't know that that's going to be the uh uh 
the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. That's Cuomo's uh, removal of office. But there is definitely a lot of spotlight on him right now. And yep. I can't imagine. It's hard to imagine other than just being completely disenfranchised with the government and the systems in place to protect the people. I don't understand how he is or will be the governor by the end of this year. That seems like it's almost, I understand why people are skeptical of that, but it seems to me that that again, we've reached critical mass here and that it's all over except the writing on the wall. I don't know going to write that the final, whatever it is, resign impeachment, whatever it is. We just don't know how the end is going to be, but the end is going to be without uh, a governor Cuomo. I hope you're right. I am cheering for you in this debate. All right. Well, on that note, I want to thank everybody for bearing with the uh, choppy start at the beginning here. And any problems with any kind of reverberation in your uh, headphones, I apologize for uh, and won't let it happen again, I hope. But on that note, again, like and share this video. Mr. Husong, do you have any uh, words of wisdom that you'd like to leave the folks with? I forgot to uh, check in with your uh, outside of COVID and Cuomo, maybe anything. No, just thank you for tuning in. This has been a lot of fun and we appreciate you guys joining us. It's been great. So tune in next Monday. Uh, 12 p.m. Another another live show here. I'm sure we'll touch on Cuomo. Um, I know you guys like to talk about Jeffrey Epstein, Hunter Biden's laptop, and ivermectin as well. So maybe we'll work in some of those uh, topics where we can uh, uh, titillate the uh, audience here. Uh, But until then, uh, again, be sure to share and like this video and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell if you want to be alerted to new content as we release. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to uh, anchor.fm backslash scap and uh, actually become a single or recurring uh, donor to the program here and uh, help support what we do. So on that note, Mr. Husong, thank you for joining us. I want to thank the audience for joining us again, and we'll see you all again next Monday.